I came ready to praise God. Did you guys? Let's go ahead and stand on our feet this morning. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Well, I see lightning and I hear thunder. Something stirring six feet under. Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Well, I see signs and I see wonder. Well, I see bursts of living color. Cause dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Come alive. Wake up, sleeper. He is risen. We are risen with him. Hallelujah, it is finished. See the great nobody in it. Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. It's come alive. Wake up, sleeper, he is risen, we are risen with him, paradise, from wide open, he is risen, we are risen with him, come alive, wake up, sleeper, he risen with him this morning. If you see what I see, that the grave is empty, then you know what I know. Anything is possible. If you see what I see, that the grave is empty, then you know what I know. Anything is possible if you see what I see. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Well, I see signs and I see wonders. Well, I see lightning, I hear thunder. Do you see what I see? Something stirring six feet. 
is risen. We are risen with him, paradise. Long wide open, he is risen. We are risen with him.
I have good news for you this morning. It says in Jeremiah 32, 27, he says, I am the Lord, the God of all peoples of the world. Is there anything too difficult for me? You know, we sang about that this morning, and we rejoice with God as God is our breakthrough. But are we ready to have that transformation occur in our lives? Have we really become aware that God, there's nothing that's too difficult for the Lord? Nothing. You think, well, you know, Pastor Paul, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's an omnipotent God. He is an all-powerful God. He has an anointing that does break every chain, every difficulty. No matter what the weapon is that's formed against you, he has provided you with the way of escape. The Bible says that you can have the mind of Christ, not like his, but you can actually possess the mind of Christ so that you can know what you need to know when you need to know it. And you can walk in the glory and the favor of God all the days of your life. It's time for us, the church, to have every chain broken off of our lives and begin to wonder about God, is it too difficult for you for this problem or for that problem? And to come to terms with that and to say, you know what? I believe my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I could ever ask or think because I possess the mind of Christ. Everybody say this morning, I possess the mind of Christ important that we declare these things, that we speak these things, because these things bring life to those who hear them and speak them. You change the atmosphere, you change the circumstance. You see, it's the same word of God that God spoke that you can speak to begin to create the world that God intended, the kingdom of God here on this earth like it is in heaven. And it's going to take us understanding, God, there's nothing too difficult for you. We have our communion here this morning. We want to encourage you to participate in that. We also have uh, our bulbs here as well. A thousand to light. You can write someone's name on one of these bulbs. And we'll get that thing plugged right into this sign up here. We're believing God for miracles, signs, and wonders, knowing that there's nothing too difficult for God. And you think, well, that person that's on my heart is too far away. And it's like, don't even worry about that. You couldn't go too far. You can't get away from God. Nothing's too difficult for Him. And sometimes just an act of faith to say, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to believe that God will minister, that that person will become a thousand, one of the thousand to light that this ministry will bring into the kingdom of God or closer to God. We're going to open our altars this morning. We're going to have our pastors and elders here this morning. And really the altar call this morning, I feel in my spirit, what are the things that seem too difficult for God? What are the things that maybe you've been pushing off to the side? Things that you go, well, you know, I've already had prayer for this, or, you know, it didn't happen that way that I hoped, or maybe there was a prophecy that was spoken over your life, or maybe you're waiting for a breakthrough in your life to happen just the way you know in your heart it needs to happen. We want to be here as Faith Builders Church with you to pray with you in the power of agreement, knowing that nothing is too difficult for God. Amen. So as we continue to worship, feel free to come forward, and we will pray with you this morning.
also wanted to add that I felt a spirit of heaviness. If you are suffering um, with depression or you just feel like really heavy, I, I ask you to come to the altar and, and get prayer or just come to the altar and just worship because the spirit of God is here. His light pierces darkness, hallelujah. I just want us to agree in that, amen. We worship you, God.
I feel it in this room. The Holy Spirit move. Cause when you have your way, something has to break. Tear down every lie. Make the wrong thing right. Cause when you have your way, something has to break. Something has to break. Feel it in this room. Holy Spirit, move. Cause when you have your way, something has to break. Tear down every lie, set the wrong thing right. Cause when you have your way, something has to pray. If something has to pray, something has to pray. Right now in your name, something has to pray.
has to break jealousy has to break come on defeat has to break it breaks now in the name of Jesus we trust your name Jesus it has to go it has to go we're covered in your blood Jesus yes we're gonna go through this one more time, starting from the bridge. forward. I know you're painfully shy, but if I could have both of you come forward, please. Um, while that's happening, I want to just give some words. Um, of course, when I want to call people out, I'm like having name cramps here. Uh, Maggie, the Lord is honored by your faithfulness, and you've taken some steps of obedience that maybe you haven't even told anyone, but God says, I've seen that obedience, and I've seen that sacrifice that you've made 
for him and for the kingdom. And it's almost like you drew a line in the sand and you said, that's it, I'm done. And I'm not going backwards. I'm not tolerating this anymore. I'm done. Something spiritual happened. And the Lord said, because of that heart, I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest imaginations. I'm going to favor you, says the Lord. I see you going up to a new level in the kingdom, God says. You're not going to be the same woman you were even a month ago. God's taking you into a new realm to know him, to hear him, and to experience his presence. I also see, and this may sound crazy, but I see you having a Bible study with women in prison. God's going to open up the doors and you're going to start ministering to them by the spirit. And I see a group of women going into a prison. This has always been my heart's desire, but I'm not saying it out of desire. I'm saying it because the Lord says it. You will lead that. You will lead women to Jesus inside the prisons and God's going to open up that door of favor for you and you're going to be anointed for it like Esther for such a time as this. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I like a couple, I like our pastors and elders get around this amazing couple. I love them so much. We don't even know each other very well. It's passing high and bys and um, they believe in the heart of faith builders and the vision of faith builders. They've sowed into the, the vision of faith builders. But I feel like the Lord um, said, Chad, God's doing a work in you. And it is a, a natural work. He's healing your body. And there's going to be a supernatural healing that's going to take place on the inside of you. And the Lord's going to show himself to you. He's going to show you who he is in and through your life. And there's not going to be a question, not that you do question, but I see a solidity coming to who God really is in your life. And then together as a marriage, I see a, a unification and a joy and a celebration that there are great days ahead for the both of you. There are days of redemption. There's days that God's going to bring back um, restoration in, in the two of you. In the separate lives, there's been brokenness. But in this, God's going to bring strong reconciliation for what the devil stole in your past, but he's going to redeem it with the two of you. And you've been a faithful woman, and you've been obedient, and you've been honoring to your family. And I know a little bit of in the natural, but I see that God says you've been a strong honoring to honor your children and take care of your children. And God says, because of that, I'm going to bless you. Because of that, you've asked for nothing. You really don't ask much for God, but God says, because of that, I'm going to give you an overflow of love and joy and recompense back into your life. So we're going to pray for this couple. Father, we decree in the name of Jesus that first of all, Chad's body is the healed of the Lord. Lord, we, every symptom, every lying vanity, we speak to the root of it. We curse you. We command you to die and dry up and wither at the very root. Even as Jesus cursed the fig tree, God, and it died before its season, we curse any root of, of disease or, or sickness in his body, any cancer cells, we command them to dry up. You die, you bow your knee to the word of God. We decree the blood of Jesus over the both of them, God, that these are the best years of their life. I see you being like little kids again. You're going to laugh. You're, I just see you like maybe not naturally skipping, but I see skipping and rejoicing and, and God bringing a youthfulness to your marriage. God's going to bless it abundantly, God. I thank you for this beautiful woman of God that, Lord, she just loves you and she's just following you. And I pray for all of her heartfelt desires that she may never ask of God. Give them to her in this season. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Everyone said amen and amen. Love you guys. That's your promise. I'm looking around. Chuck and Emmy and your family, you guys don't have to come down. But God says I'm, um, thank you, Jesus. He's doing a miracle in your bloodline. 
And I've seen it going from you, Chuck, down to your bloodline, the children and the children's children. There's a, a miracle coming into your family, a, a legacy, like God's tying something together in the spirit. And it's going to be supernatural, says the Lord. Um, I also see healing coming into your body, Chuck. I see God bringing divine alignment into the stem, into the areas that maybe have been cut off. God's releasing miracles in those areas. You believe the Lord. You know God can do it. And you will be like that that lame man that picked up that bed and walked you'll go leaping and how's it go running and leaping and shouts of joy whatever it is y'all can probably say it better than me but I see that I see that in your life but I also see the daughters you're gonna walk in a blessings they're not all here today but they're gonna walk in blessings and favor ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says you'll carry the torch of the kingdom in your hands your parents are kingdom minded but you'll take it to another level there's gonna be a kingdom mindedness in the inside of your children and they'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out and we release that over that family now in the name of Jesus Jesus. We thank you. Albert, I thought you left the room. Maybe you did for a second. But God wants you to know that he's doing a work inside of your heart. And you're going to experience his presence in a way you've never experienced him before. You love God. And God wants you to know that you carry a wisdom on the inside of you. There's a spiritual deep wisdom on the inside of you. And God's going to begin to break off of the things that would maybe try to smother that. Maybe feel inadequate or whatever things the devil says in your voice or the voice in your head. But God says, I'm going to silence those things and that wisdom is going to begin to come and pour out of your out of your life and what God's done in you has been good but what he's about to do in you is going to be great it's going to be great beyond your wildest imaginations it's like God took you from here 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 but I hear the Lord I'm gonna take you up to here son if you'll trust me I'm gonna take you the Lord says don't settle for here you say well this is good it is good but it's not what God has great in store for your life and you're worthy of it amen you are worthy of it. So thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Aren't you so thankful for his spirit and his love for us? And he cares so much. So go ahead and greet someone this morning. Meet someone new. And we'll continue on with the rest of our service. Hallelujah. How's everybody doing this morning? Boy, God's already done some amazing things, hasn't he? 
I'm so glad that all of you are here, and I know you've already felt the presence of God. Amen. And we're just going to continue with the word of God. You know, we had a wonderful weekend here at Faith Builders Church. I heard the men's men of faith barbecue was, like, amazing. You guys had a good time. And had, was there any men there? I'm just curious. I know you did. Women, we showed them up, though, didn't we? We had a good time. Anyway, we had a pajama party here for the girls, but we also shared the word and had a wonderful time of breakout groups and prayer. And I know you men had a wonderful time. And there's just something about building relationships in the kingdom, isn't there? It's really what keeps us anchored and makes us feel like we're a part of our church when we build friendships within the church. So we have some awesome things coming up down the pike. So make sure you uh, download the church app and keep up to date with what's going on and also our church website. All right, how many are ready for the word of God? I'm going to do a little mini-series on miracles. I haven't done a series in a little bit. I've been doing little individual messages, but I'm going to do a series on miracles. And my message today, um, number one, is waiting for your miracle. And what do we do while we're waiting? I think that's the hardest thing that we can do when we've been believing God for something in our life, maybe for many years or one year, and you're just in that waiting season. Is anybody in that in-between, like you're stuck in that hallway, and you're like, God, I know what you said. I know the miracle. I know the healing. I know the breakthrough. I know my marriage can be restored, but I'm kind of in this in-between where we're not seeing it happen yet. So I'm going to really encourage you today with some steps of what to do while you're in the waiting season and what happens while you're waiting. You know, um, in the beginning, God created. We know the word of God in Genesis. What did God begin to do? He began to set in natural order. I believe God is a God of order, don't you? He put the lights to go into place. He has the natural laws that govern the earth where the, um, you know, we have gravity that keeps us on the ground. We have energy um, that keeps in play. There are things the ocean doesn't recede past its line because God commanded it to be there. So there are things that are order in the world, and they are good. But what I want to talk to you is when there's a miracle that needs to happen, Okay, the natural laws that govern the earth, anytime we see a miracle, is when God chooses to operate outside the natural laws he created. So let me say that again. We have natural laws in the world, but miracles happen outside of those natural laws that he created, and that's called the supernatural. So when we need a miracle, we have to step in out of the natural law of what we see, and we have to see what God sees in the supernatural realm, because that's where it's already done. Say, it's already done. It's already done, right? So I want to read this quote of Tim Keller, and it says, we modern people think of miracles as a suspension of natural order, like God just changed natural order for that miracle to sneak through. But Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. So what does that mean? Miracles as believers is natural. It isn't just a shifting. It should be something we walk in all the time because we are supernatural beings. Amen? And so if you can get that revelation that you are supernatural and the miracles in the supernatural, it doesn't matter what you're battling. If you're battling things in your mind, if you're battling things in the physical, the emotional, a relational, whatever it is, when you step into the spirit, you're living in the realm of the miracle. 
Amen. So we as believers have to get into that realm. Like in the natural, I'm not going to see change. I'm going to see what I see. But in God's way, I'm going to begin to see what God sees. What is that? We live in our reality, don't we? We live in our reality. Our reality says this can never change. My life can never be different. It's never going to get better. I'm never going to have the financial breakthrough. I'm never going to have the good marriage. This is our reality. But what we have to do is step into God's truth. What does God say about the situation? If God says, by his stripes I am healed, I'm healed. It doesn't matter what my current reality says. It doesn't matter if my reality says you're not good enough and you're dumb and, and you'll, never, you'll never be smart and you'll never be successful. That's my reality. But God says I have the mind of Christ. God says I'm victorious. God says I'm an overcomer. And if we keep living in our own reality, we'll never see the miracle come to place in our life, no matter what it is. Amen. So we're going to start with one of the last miracles that Jesus performed in Scripture. And you guys know it well, but I'm going to break down some pieces of it this morning. John 11, starting in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus. This is what, what she said. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, if you just read that, it sounds kind of sweet, doesn't it? Lord, the one you love is sick. But if you kind of think about the way she said it, it almost sounds a little bit manipulative. Like Lazarus, whom you've had dinner with, is sick. Sounds a little bit more reality. But it's almost like she's trying to play on the heartstrings of Jesus. You know, the one you love, Right? And so she's declaring what the problem is. But when Jesus, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end into death. He said, no, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What was she speaking? She was speaking the reality. My brother is sick. The one that you love is sick. And if you don't show up, Jesus, we need this miracle. And without you, we don't know how it's going to happen. Now, that's a true reality, isn't it? But Jesus gave her the word and said, no, nope, he's not going to die. The sickness isn't going to be unto death. So we're warring between two realities. We're warring between what you're facing and what God says about the situation. And what happens in that hallway of the in-between is where we get discouraged and we get disappointed and we lose our faith and we lose our hope in God. And ultimately what we do in that hallway of in-between, we think there's something wrong with us. Why? Because I'm looking at my reality. I didn't read my Bible this week. I, I really can't feel the presence of God. I, I didn't get into worship. Actually, I fought a lot more with my spouse this week than I normally do. That's my reality. But when crisis hits our life, when everything that comes against reality, we have to do what God says in every situation. Because in God's reality, your breakthrough, your deliverance, your freedom has already happened. Jesus said, nope, that's not going to happen. And you can find in the word of God everything contrary to the situation that you're facing. And you have to say, this is what I'm facing. This is emotional. It's coming against me strong. But nope, I'm going to step into what God says. And I'm going to say, nope, God's going to deliver me. God's going to free me. God's going to give me a great future. I'm going to have a marriage that serves God. My children are coming back to Christ. And they're going to serve God. And they're going to call me blessed. That's the miracle of God in our life. Amen. 
But we have to be willing that in that hallway of in between that we are going to stay in faith and get out of our reality and continue to step into God's reality and what he said. Something you see about this story is Lazarus, Jesus did love them. He wandered to their home many times and ate dinner there. He did have a friendship with them. But Lazarus was just a normal guy. We have Lazarus on this pedestal because God did raise him from the dead or Jesus raised him from the dead. Pretty cool testimony. But before that, Lazarus was just a normal guy. He wasn't TikTok famous. He wasn't an influencer. He didn't write a book. Nobody really knew Lazarus before this event took place. And you have to get out of our minds that the miracle happens because we are somebody special. We don't deserve the miracle. We don't deserve the healing. But because of the stripes of Jesus, every benefit on the cross, we can walk into now and manifest into our life because of the saving grace of Jesus. How many are so thankful for that? John 11 says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister. And when you think about that, Jesus did love them. And, and when you know somebody you love and they're kind of struggling and you find out that they're going through something challenging, the first thing you want to do is what? I'm going to go meet their need. I love them so much, man. I'm going to drop everything I need to drop and I'm going to show up and knock on their door with soup or prayer or love or take them out to lunch because that's our human nature. And the Bible says Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick... What did he do? He stayed back two days longer in the place that he was. And for me, that would maybe be kind of challenging. I know in my seasons of waiting in my life where Jesus didn't show up when I thought he should show up, I begin to feel like, well, if he really loved me, why did he do, do that for me? And I know God can do that, and I see him do it for others, but why isn't he doing it for me? Has anybody been there before? And just because Jesus loves you and he does, doesn't mean he's going to show up in your time frame or in your way. And we have to separate the two that because he loves me, he has to do this according to what I think that he should do it. If you base God's love on his performance for you, you are going to enter into a very troubled season of your life. It will bring torment to your soul because you can't base God's life on when he shows up into your, excuse me, you can't base God's love when he decides to show up in your life because he loves you anyway. And there's something in the process of waiting that we don't understand. I'll, I'll enlighten it a little bit, but God wants us to go through the waiting so he can draw us back closer to him. And what happens? Disappointment sense in our hearts. Unbelief sets in our heart. We begin to question God or question ourselves. And we think that there's something wrong with us. So often, those of us who are believing God for a miracle have to first learn to wait on the Lord. Isn't it hard to wait on God? We don't want to wait for anything in the world as it is. Like, God forbid, Starbucks line takes a little too long. Like, that girl better get her wallet out quicker, right? And waiting is hard. And why is it waiting? It's because we are out of control. When we're waiting, we're vulnerable. When we're waiting, we want to fix the problem. Come on, somebody. We don't want to wait. We, we know what the problem is, and we want to fix it. And so what happens when we're waiting is if you truly want to rely on God in the waiting process, sometimes there's nothing you can do but wait. 
And when you get ahead of God, you begin to make wrong decisions for your life because you want to get out of this uncomfortable season of waiting. I don't want to wait. I don't want to represent like God isn't in my life. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want everything. God says you work all things together for my good according to your riches and glory. But God's like, I do do that, but I'm going to do it in my time. I'm going to do it in my way, and I know when it's going to benefit your life the best. So we're in this in-between place. It's an opportunity for God, not an obstacle. Let me say that again. In the waiting season is an opportunity for God to perform a miracle. It is not an obstacle that you have to overcome. What does that do? It puts God in the front seat. It puts God at the driving wheel. Amen? So number one, waiting and trusting God go hand in hand. Waiting and trusting God go hand in hand. You have to trust God in this season. He is working things out in your life. He is aligning things. He is performing the miracle in your body in that waiting season. And what happens in that hallway of in-between? It's an opportunity for you to work on your relationship with God. When we're constantly living on the mountaintop, when things are going really good, we may wane in our worship. We may wane in our word of God time. We may wane in, in sharing the word of God. But when we're going through the trial, what's the first thing we do or should do? We're on our knees. I'm seeking God. I'm in my car praying. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm turning on worship. I'm leaning into God like I haven't leaned in before. I'm praying. What else are you doing in the waiting? You're listening. If you're not doing any of these things, you're going to be in the hallway for a long time. Or you're going to make a wrong decision. Waiting is where God shows up. People think, oh, I'm, I'm going through a wilderness experience. That's not a bad thing. We, we think the wilderness is a bad thing. No, God showed up. It was a cloud of, a cloud of fire by night. And, and um, um, what, what was during the day? I just told us. Thank you. Fire by night, cloud by day. Right, miracles were happening. He was feeding them. He was, they were having water. There was miracles that happened in the wilderness. Maybe you're in that dry, dry season and in between. That's where God wants to show up in little ways and show you that he is there and that he is faithful. I've learned in my waiting season, that it's in my season, that I, I form my firm, focused, and fixed relationship on faith. When you're waiting, your faith goes deeper than you can imagine. In the waiting season, the Bible says, I test your faith. When you're waiting, I'm testing. Are you really in faith or are you in emotions? Do you really have a revelation of my word and what I said or are you just hopeful expectation? And when you're waiting, God begins to stir his purpose. He begins to stir his word. He begins to stir his voice. And when you're waiting, it creates discipline in your life. But I think the most important thing while you're waiting is you need to observe what is God doing while you wait. What is God doing in you while you're waiting? What's coming up out of you? Anger? Frustration? Entitlement? Unworthiness? Observe what's happening while you're waiting. Those are the things that God wants to get out of your heart so that faith can come up alive on the inside of you. But also while you're waiting, there are miracles present. And they may be little, and God wants you to start looking at the little things where he's saying, I may not be bringing this big thing, but watch and see the supernatural that I'm going to provide in your life. 
We serve a supernatural God. I felt led this morning to share a story. When I was in the hospital, I was very little, and I struggled with asthma. And probably once a year, I was in the hospital for a week for asthma in Rockford, Illinois. And this one particular time, there was no room for uh, kid, any more children, so I was in the adult wing which I loved. I went and visited all the old people every day with my little walker. I go door to door and visit all these people. And, but every, every day, this nurse would come into my office. And, excuse me. This nurse would come into my hospital room, and she was so beautiful. I remember she had white, a white, um, white outfit on and a white hat. Remember those nurses' hats? She had a white hat on, and every day she would come in and she would talk with me, and she would put lotion on me, and she, I just, she was such a beautiful woman, and every day she'd come in and she'd pray with me, and she'd put lotion on me, and she'd pray with me every day. Well, children after children passed away because of asthma that year. It was horrible. Well, I got healed. God touched my body, and the last day I was in the hospital, I was telling my mom about this nurse that would come visit me every day at night, and she'd pray with me, and she'd put lotion on my hands, and so my mom went to go thank the head nurse for this beautiful lady that would come in and pray over me, and the nurse said, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't have nurses like that here. God showed up in a supernatural way to visit me in my hospital as a little girl. Listen, there are places that God will show up in the supernatural. We've got to quit looking at our reality and begin to see God's reality in this situation. See those little miracles. God will show up in your life. There are supernatural times where people are laying, my uncle was laying in a hospital bed, and he was full of cancer. They, they sewed him back up and said, you might as well just say your goodbyes. You're going to go, you're going to die. There's no hope for you. And my parents went in, prayed for him, and uh, the next day, that night he went to sleep, and all of a sudden his body began to shake. He's not even born again yet, hasn't even received Jesus yet, and his body began to convulse, and all of a sudden things, he said, things begin to shoot out of his feet. Power of God hit him in his hospital room, and deliverance was happening, and cancer dried up in his body and was gone. They opened him back up. My mom said, get a second report. Get a second report. They look cancer gone. Listen, we serve a supernatural God, amen. We've got to have expectations of the supernatural, but they may not happen when we think they should happen. Number one, waiting and trusting God go hand in hand. Number two, while you're waiting, God gives power while you wait. Listen, God will give you power while you're waiting. Even though we feel powerless in waiting, because we feel vulnerable and we can't fix it. Scripture says that I will give you power. So let's look at Isaiah 40. He gives power to the faint. Is it up there? Got a different scripture verse? Let's read this one. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. How many older people are thankful for that? Young folk in their prime stumble and fall, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and they soar like eagles and they run and they don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. Listen, while you are waiting on God and your faith is being activated, he will give you power in that situation. Your strength will come back to you. You don't have to have the miracle for joy to come back. You don't have to have the manifestation yet for you to have laughter in your mouth and to praise God and to shout again. Why? Because supernatural power comes upon your life while you're waiting on God. Amen. We're leaning into him. I want to read one more scripture, Romans 8, verse 26 through 28. 
I love this. It says this, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in waiting, God's spirit is right alongside, along, right alongside us, helping us all along. Let's stop right there. Whenever you get tired, God's spirit is there to pick you up. There's some days you feel good about God. Some days you're walking by faith. Some days you have hope. But there's some days you get tired. There's some days you want to quit and you want to sit down and you want to give up. There's some Sundays you don't want to come to church. There's some, sometimes relationships you're just done with. And God says, in that moment I recognize I'm going to come alongside of you and I'm going to bear you up. I was going to do an example. Quinn, come up here really quick. She's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> when she's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't let it go to your head, girl. But when I'm walking and I'm serving God and there's times where, God, where are you? Where's your voice? Where's your, where's your presence? Where's your breakthrough? Where's your promise? And I get weary. The Holy Spirit's going to see me get weary. Come behind me. And lift me up. Oh. Should I pick somebody else? <laughs> this is almost awkward now. <laughs> right, and then, then he comes alongside. He bears me up. And then I get tired again and I, I want to fall and I want to quit. The Holy Spirit... Bear me up, girl. <laughs> she made me work my abs by myself. Girl. What happens? The Holy Spirit is always here. He's always present in time of need. And when you're waiting, sometimes he feels so far over there. Sometimes he feels so far away. But the moment he sees me lag and get tired, he bears me up and he comes alongside of me. He's with you. You're not doing this alone. He empowers you. I can't do anymore. God, I can't wait anymore. Yes, you can. He's like, I'm there to hold you up. I'm there to encourage you. I'm there to be by your side. You are not alone. Thank you. Give thank you to the Holy Spirit. We'll have to rehearse that next time. The moment you're tired and waiting, God is right there. He shows up. I can't make it anymore. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I can't deal with this person anymore. Yes, you can. You have the love of God that will empower you to go through whatever you need to go through. The word of God says, it goes on to say, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. He's there with you. He says, if you don't know how to pray or what to pray, it doesn't matter. When you're overwhelmed and you're going through things, you don't know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you, and the Word says he prays for you. Let's keep reading. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our word wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. Somebody say amen there. Not natural, spiritual. And keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure that every detail in our life of love for God is worked into something good. The only way things can come out good is when you know you have the Holy Spirit bearing you up as you go. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Why does God make us wait? It's so challenging. Everywhere through the word of God, you find God says, if you'll wait, I'll bless you. If you'll wait, it's a good thing. And it says in Lamentations 3, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. Good. What's that word good mean? It means God is pleasant in the waiting. He's kind. He gives you happiness, joy. 
There are benefits while you wait. There's understanding while you wait. He makes you prosperous. Listen, the Lord is good to you while you're waiting for your miracle. To the soul, the soul is vexed, your mind, your will, your emotions. The soul is vexed by you wait, while you wait. To the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Why is it good? Because while I'm waiting, he's working things out in me. While, he, while you're waiting, he's giving joy back to you. Let's look at Psalms 40, these first three verses. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Has anybody felt like there? I'm waiting patiently, God. I've been trusting you. I've been faithful. I've been obeying, and this thing hasn't happened. I'm waiting on you, Lord. And what did David say? He turned to me, and he heard my cry. See, he may have not performed the miracle yet, but he says, I hear your cry. I'm turned towards you. I know what you're going through. He said, I care so much about when you cry, I catch every tear in a bottle, and I write them in my manuscript. God cares about every emotion that you face in your life, and just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean he stopped loving you or he stopped being a good God. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and the mire. What happened? He set my feet on the rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. We're still waiting. There's no breakthrough or miracle yet, but he says, I'll pull you out of that pit, and I'm going to give you a firm place to stand. He'll put a new song in your mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. What does that mean? When you are walking joyfully through the trying times of waiting, others will go, only God could do that in their life. They can only continue serving God, worshiping God, showing up in the trials that they're going through because of the great God that they serve. When you do that, God is glorified. And listen, this can become a pattern in your life. It'll be the first nature to go, I'm going to trust God in this valley of in-between. I don't know what he's doing or how he's doing it, and there's a torment of my soul, but I'm going to shout for joy while it's happening. I'm going to call on the Holy Spirit to aid along my side. God asks us to wait on him so that we can gain strength and courage to allow him to, to deliver us in his time that he calls us for. It says in Psalms 27, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. You know what that word wait there means? It means to bind together. It means twisting, gathering, collecting. So while you're waiting on the Lord, what are you doing? You're worshiping. You're binding to the will of God. A threefold cord cannot be broken. While, you're, while the enemy wants you to lose hope, you're exercising your faith. You're taking the word of God and you're binding it. You're taking worship and you're binding it. And you're putting trust there. And you're collecting the promises of God. And you're collecting the joy of God. And you're bringing that while you're waiting on God. You're not sitting by going, God, when are you going to do it? When are you going to show up? No, I'm active. I'm taking everything that God gave me and I'm twisting it together until God performs it in my life. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and, and let your heart take courage. Wait, I say, for the Lord. Don't throw in the towel in the midnight hour. Let me just say that. Don't give up right now. It may be a little tough, and you may feel like you're weathering the storm, and there's a tether that wants to pull you back to your comfort zone. But keep waiting on the Lord and looking steadfast ahead of you because there's something ahead of you that God is making that is taking some time. 
What happens while we wait? Waiting reveals our true motives. Waiting builds patience in our life. It builds anticipation. It transforms our character and it builds intimacy and dependence on God while you wait. That's something to get excited about, isn't it? So we're crying out to God, God, I need this miracle. Without you, I don't know how it's going to happen. We're waiting, and we're praying, and we're waiting, and we're praying, and we're saying, God, if you don't do this thing, I don't know how I can move any further. What do you do with your faith in that time? I'm going to give you a couple points, and then we're going to let you go this morning. Number one, you have to know a divine delay is not denial. I know you've heard this a hundred times, but listen, you're de your denial. Delay right now is not God's no, it's God's wait. Because his very best is coming, so wait on God. There's so many times when we're between the burden of fulfillment and prayer, God begins to answer. When we're in between that desire of God fulfilling it and, and the answer of God, we go into this deep work of preparation of God doing something supernatural. There's something happening in your life. There's divine appointments. There's divine timing. There's money aligning to the situation. Don't think because you're in your reality that God's truth is not moving. It is God is making a way where there seems to be no way. It's happening in the supernatural realm. You just have to be faithful and keep walking, keep walking, keep doing what you're doing, and don't give up. What happened? Mary and Martha, so much like us, they entered into spiritual disappointment. They couldn't see anything but Lazarus being dead. They had spiritual disappointment. There was an urgency that, God, we need you to show up. We need this miracle. If you don't come, our brother's going to die. And what happens? We let anger and doubt and spiritual disappointment exist in our heart. And if that stays there too long, it will rob you of your faith. So you have to say goodbye to anger and frustration. Get doubt and spiritual disappointment out of your life keep pursuing God and let that faith begin to rise within your heart so how do we do that number one learn to pray honest prayers be real with God David was real all the time be real with God that where you're at you're struggling with tell God how you really feel it's not just about being reverent oh holy God no it's God I don't like where I'm at right now I don't like my life. I don't like the situation that I'm in. Get real with God because when he hears the real, he'll move by his spirit. Now, we don't have a daily conversation of that, but I'm getting real with the Father. Hey, here I am, God. I'm not playing games anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I need the miracle in my life. And this is real talk to God. Amen. There was a man in the Bible who Jesus was going to heal his daughter. And Jesus said to the Father, do you believe? And he goes, yes, I believe. But help my unbelief. God, if there's anything there, if there's anything there that's blocking the miracle, I believe. But help my unbelief. Maybe there's something in the way of this miracle really happening in my life. Amen. And so what happened in uh, John 11? So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about 15 days away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. So then Martha, when she had heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed in her house. Can you see the different people there? Martha's like, I got to go. She went out to the city. She went to meet him right away to find out what's going. Mary retreated. She said, I'm not going to go find Jesus. But what I love about this, that no matter who you are and what you do in a trial, Jesus still shows up to where you're at. 
But she was honest. And Martha said to Jesus in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She was honest with what she was feeling. She knew that if Jesus was there, there would have been a miracle. We can't hide what we're feeling from God because he already knows the truth. There was a disappointment on the inside of her heart. So number one, learn to pray on his prayers. Number two, believe in God again. Believe in his word again. When you're waiting, stir up your faith. Get the promises of God that God has spoke over your life and your family. Get the word of God in front of you. Get God's reality, God's truth driving in your life. Speak God's truth every day. Whatever situation you're facing, you get the word of God and you begin to let God's word speak and declare out of your mouth. I love this about the story. It says in verse 22, even now, this is Mary, Martha, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Didn't it sound like she was in faith? God says, whatever I ask, he'll give to me. But that was just words out of her mouth. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. See, she was wavering between unbelief and her faith. Martha said to him, I know. And Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He was declaring who he was, God's truth beyond the reality. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, while she was waiting, Jesus was, was uh, questioning her faith. She can say the right things. But did she really believe it? It's so easy for us Christians to have Christian rhetoric and say the right things, but do we really believe it? And while we're waiting is where we go down deep in the word and let revelation truth come up in that season of waiting so that when Jesus shows up, we're ready for the miracle. So Jesus had to say, wait a minute, I'm the resurrection. He pointed back to the word. And look at verse 27. She said to him, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are Christ, the son of God, and he who came into the world. It went from head knowledge to revelation truth on the inside of her. And when she had said this, she left and called Mary, her, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and is calling for you. He didn't ask for her, but she got a revelation truth to bring everyone along with him. In verse 29, and when she heard this, she got up quickly and came to them. What happened? When you're in faith, it ignites faith around you. When you go from head knowledge to heart revelation, everyone around you will believe what you're saying, and they will follow the word of God in your life. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right. So what happened in verse uh, 33? Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had came also with her weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come see. And then what happened? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That word compassion there, that when Jesus wept was compassion, it's the Latin word, and it means to co-suffer. You know, Jesus knows what you're going through. He knows the trial. He knows the places of breakthrough. He knows the things that you're believing him for, and he comes alongside, and he co-suffers with you. He desires to enter into that season, amen. You are not crying alone. Jesus is standing with you in your season. And the last point this morning is nothing is over until Jesus says it's over. It's not over. 
It may look like it's over. You may feel like there's a dead-end sign that says you're not going to go any further. But until Jesus says it is finished, it is not finished. Sometimes God will wait to the expiration of your expectation. Let me say that again. Sometimes God will wait to the expiration of your expectation. And then he shows up on the scene. And he delivers that miracle in the midnight hour. And I see so many Christians run out in the midnight hour because they're afraid. Because they're insecure and they don't know if God's going to do it. But if you'll stay in the fight. You'll stay in the waiting. God will manifest your miracle and he will be given the glory because that's what the word of God says. We'll wrap up with John 11. The last, go down to the verse 43 um, media team. And he says this, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. We knew he was dead. Jesus called in a loud voice. What did he say? Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Listen, even as he came out of the grave, the grave clothes were holding him captive. Jesus is calling the dead things, seemingly dead things in your life because he already said it's not dead. He already said that he's just sleeping and he needed a little rest is what the Bible says. But when he called him out, he came out of that grave, which means he probably floated out. We don't know how he got out. He was bound like a mummy. I mean, that'd be a cool movie to see. But he came out and Jesus said, strip him of his grave clothes and let him go. God wants to strip those things off of your life today, amen. Those things that have kept you bound, those insecurities, people's opinions, your past, whatever it is. He's saying, come out of that grave. We're going to strip you of those clothes that have you bound, and you're going to go free in Jesus' name, amen. While you're waiting, God is in your waiting. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you today for everyone here. I thank you, God, that we, I just see the Lord giving you grace grace for the season you're in just reach out for that grace whatever it is you're believing God for whatever moment that you feel God didn't show up yet I just hear the Lord say receive my grace grace will give you joy grace will give you peace and it will give you the ease that you need to stay in this season says the Lord and God I release your spirit over every person in this room I release your love over every person in this room. And, Lord, most of all, I pray that you give them hope, hope, and hope in the inside of their heart. That, God, it's not too late in Jesus' name. It's not too late.